Tyler. Oh, hi. Can we get our fucking Cineplex rant out of the way? Yeah, we might as well. <laughs> fucking, so they announced that they're adding a $1, what is it, convenience or booking fee? $1.50 yeah. booking fee on all digital book ter- ticket prices. Yeah, which is like, fucking what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels like, you know... With the pandemic coming to an end and theaters starting to get busy again and like recouping losses, I can understand if you need to raise prices. You know, we're also in the midst of like ridiculous inflation. Yep. So I can see any number of reasons where they might be like, hey, we got to raise money a little bit. Like it sucks, but it is what it is. And I would be like, okay, that's shitty, but I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like gas prices are climbing every fucking day. So I mean, a dollar mm-hmm. fifty for a movie ticket, it's like not the end of the world. I get it. However, I'm trying to fucking spoon feed it to me by telling me it's needed for internet fucking infrastructure to keep their digital platform going and go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's it's fucking horseshit. Like if they would have just been like if they would have just quietly raised the price of tickets by a dollar fifty, no one would have noticed. Because it's like you said, like inflation is rampant, people would have just been like, All right, well, I guess movies are going up too. But to try to fucking be like, no, 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 we're investing this so that you get a better experience. It's like, get fucked. No, you aren't. Yeah. You already own like the digital projectors that you get your fucking movie files or DVD files sent to you. Like, and they already have their basis for their online thing. It's not like all, it's not like, okay, now that we have this extra dollar 50, we can sell more tickets because we've expanded our digital platform. And like, I don't buy movies to own like digital copies from Cineplex. No. Again, they already have that infrastructure there because it's been there for fucking years, years and years and years at this point. So I don't, I'm not following. Not to mention, even if you bought a paper copy of a ticket, you go up and you get it scanned digitally. Yep. So all of this is already there. So I'm not really sure how they're like, what their train of thought is. I don't understand where they're like, oh, we need this to increase our digital infrastructure. Like, what do you need to increase? Like, yeah. You already have the technologies. You already, you, ha- you have everything already. I understand, yeah. like, there's routine maintenance and stuff when it comes to any sort of server side stuff, but, like, don't fucking lie to me. Yeah. The only thing this is increasing is the bottom line. The, like, your customers aren't stupid. So. Yeah. Can't say I'm overly thrilled about it, but I mean, it is, it is what it is. Mm hmm. But. Ridiculous, nonetheless. Yeah. Okay, you want to know what else is ridiculous? I sure do. Okay, so they're they're officially making a Joker too. Yes, I saw that. And if you go onto the second article, it says Lady Gaga uh, might be joining, and that it's going to be a musical. Um. Excuse me. Yep. Yep. Uh, come again? Yep. Yep. Is that what you thought that sequel would be? No. Yep. I'm like burning through this article right now. Joker Follet La Deux. Yep. And if you kind of go a little bit deeper into the article, they're like, sources say that it's also going to be a musical. Uh, if the deal makes it, Gaga will play Harley Quinn. 
Mm -hmm. this Quinn exists in a different DC universe than Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, of course. Because let's just keep fracturing the already fucking terrible DC universe. Yep. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't see anything about the musical. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of strangely want to see that version. <laughs> I think that would be a really weird take that I don't know that it would work, but I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Okay, I'm like rereading through the article. Where does it say that it's a musical? Are you on the first article or the second article? I'm in the second one with Lady Gaga. Uh, it's like just under where it says like enter Gaga, details in her character are like under wraps. And then like a little bit below that, it's like sources are saying that it's like a musical. Uh, Yeah, I just read the whole article. I don't see anything of that nature. Oh. Phillips has been writing with Scott Silver for some time. Last week, Phillips revealed on social media the title of the project, referencing a medical term for a similar mental disorder that affects two individuals. Some social media posts showed Phoenix reading the script. The actor's involvement is not exactly a fate accompli just yet. Sources tell Hollywood Reporter that Warner is yet to close the deal with the actor. Two sides are deep into it. Enter Gaga. Character kept under wraps. Joker's known for his abusive relationship with Harley. He falls in love with him, becomes a sidekick. It's unclear whether Phillips and company are using DC characters or striking on their own. If the deal makes, Gaga would play Quinn. However, different than Margot Robbie's Quinn, different universe. He most recently appeared in Suicide Squad. Oh, no, there it is. It's literally one line and it's like sandwiched in between a picture and an ad. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's not all. Sources say the sequel is also a musical. Mm-hmm. I tell you right now, if it's a fucking musical, not watching it. That's fair. I think that's like most people's reaction. I don't care for musicals enough as it is, but if you're going to turn something that like the Joker, Todd Phillips Joker was amazing. Like Joaquin Phoenix crushed it in that role. It was dark and gritty and like mentally taxing. Mm -hmm. Loved every second of it. Now if they want to do it as a musical with Lady Gaga, you can just fuck right off. Just fuck right off. (laughs) Yep, I think that's like most people's takes. Here's an idea. Why don't you get Walking Phoenix and Lady Gaga and go make a musical about people who have mental issues and don't even bother with the fucking DC universe? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what the... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I strangely want to see it because I'm like... It, it's something in my brain is like, yeah, that... Sure, I want to see that, but... It's also not the sequel that should probably be the sequel. <laughs> mm, yeah, no. Fuck that. Fuck that so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that could be the sequel for the Joker is a musical. That's disgusting. Yep. Okay. Fucking Warner Brothers. Well, under the important stuff that's not going to make me cringe. Okay. The boys. Yep. Are you up to date yet? Mm-hmm. You say I yes? Am. Yep. Oh, okay. That's surprising. You typically will be like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for the show, and then you'll watch one episode and then not watch it for like six months. 
Fair enough. Okay. Well, I mean, we get the news right out of the way. Obviously, based on the success of this season, we're getting a season four. I don't think yep. that should come as a surprise to anybody. Yep. But my God, I'm loving Jensen Ackles as fucking Soldier Boy. Yeah, he's crushing it. He's great. And at the beginning, I was a little miffed because, like, I know we got the casting for him a while ago. So I was like, oh, that's exciting. I'm excited to see him, you know, play someone in the boys' universe. And then right off the hop, it's like, oh, Soldier Boy's dead. And it's all these, like, old flashbacks and archival footage. And I was like, I was a little bummed. I was like, oh, I would have actually liked to see him, like, interact with Homelander and Butcher. Like, if, if all I'm getting is Ackles in some kind of, like, past tense you know, nostalgic memorabilia kind of mode. Like, I mean, cool to see him in there, but not the type of character interaction I would have wanted. So I'm super happy to see that he is alive and fucking ruining people. Yeah. And like spoilers for what's released to the boys, but like that fight in the last episode was fucking crazy good. Well, yeah. uh... You got to imagine that Homelander, like once he got the fuck out of there, he's going to be sitting in his tower, like, Oh shit, like I just on national TV told everyone that like I'm the most powerful, strongest, smartest person in the world. And I was like, for the first time in my entire life, moments away from being fucking killed. Yep. Like that's like, gotta be a massive fucking crack to his ego. Yeah. And especially because like they're already like doing such a good job of like he's right on the edge of like just fucking losing it. And it's like his ego is just like, yep. That's probably going to be pretty bruised when he got his ass handed to him. Like, he was doing good in that fight. Like, he, like I think the fight was really good because it showed that he's actually, like, still pretty powerful. But, like, at the same time, at the end of it, he was, like, about to die. So, yeah. Like, it took, like, every bit of strength that he could summon to, like, get his ass out of there. Yeah. And I love that they fucking uh, played on that he has a cape. Like, when Soldier Boy is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're wearing a cape, like, he pansy. And then, like, he's, like, flying and, like, I love how Soldier Boy just grabs the cape and, like, pulls him down. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, that, uh, always that comic book thing of, like, that people always make fun of. It's, like, capes just get in the way. Like, they'll catch on things. And Soldier Boy is, like, yeah, I'm just going to yank on this. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. I got to say my favorite little fucking spoof call out from the last couple episodes, though, was... uh. Oh man, who started it? Was it the deep or was it uh fucking speedrunner guy there? Where it turned into him singing Imagine by the Beatles and then they just took all the clips of all the celebrities from singing it during COVID. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they they do such a good job with that shit. Like just how fine tuned that show is. Like in its references and like how up to date it is. It's it's awesome. Like they do a really great job of of all that so yeah so the the question is is like when he fucking soldier boy smoked Mm -hmm. karen fukuhara's character she almost died but she didn't she got blasted pretty hard but she stayed alive but she lost her powers Mm -hmm. so when they eventually hit homelander is he gonna die or is he just gonna lose his powers because with some of these other characters like that red scarlet chick that he blasted and then the TNT twins, he hit them and just straight up murdered them. Yeah. So is Homelander going to get murdered or is Homelander going to lose his powers? I don't know how they're going to do that. 
personally, I would love to see Homelander lose his powers. And I want to see, like, the psychosis that that guy goes through when he realizes that he's, like, absolutely nothing at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do because... I almost think that, like, this is the last season where Homelander should be the bad guy. You think like so? I, yeah, because, like, I, at this point, like, it's it's been, ho- okay, we got to, like, find a way to defeat Homelander for, like, three seasons. I, like, I'd kind of like to see s- someone else, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I get that to an extent. I think we only got three or four episodes left though is that going to be enough to do yeah. like a really good arc with homelander like i don't want them to like you know how like some shows will go through and they'll do multiple episodes and like you can kind of tell where the story's going but then they don't wrap it up until the very last minute and it feels rushed and shitty sure yeah, <laughs> those yeah. arc <clears throat> yeah <laughs> so like i don't want to see that happen i mean granted there'll be another season but like i don't like it when the very last episode of a season just like feels incredibly rushed. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, can see that's, that. that's personal preference, but I mean, like I'm not the only one who thinks this, right? Like it's pretty apparent that at some point Homelander is going to be defeated, whether it be he gets killed or he loses his powers. But it's pretty clear that after butcher was like a massive dick to his like son slash not son, that he's going mm-hmm. to be the new fucking bad guy, right? Yeah. I mean, they definitely set that thread up. I mean, I don't know if that's what they're going to go with, but they definitely have it, like, all the pieces in place for that. I feel like eventually that's where it's going to head. Maybe they defeat Homelander and then Soldier Boy is now the new fucking bad guy. So maybe then they got to go, okay, cool. We fucking cut the head off the snake here, but then there's another one here. But I feel like at some point... Ryan is going to end up the bad guy. Yeah. Or I could be completely wrong. Maybe soldier boy becomes the new bad guy. And Ryan is the one who ends up saving the day and actually gives that universe like a legitimate hero who cares. Yeah. Or maybe they bring someone like another soup in or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, uh, I don't know how the, cause it's based on those graphic novels. And I don't know, like if they're like, if that's a set storyline and they're like, kind of following that or not or like i don't know how much they're diverging from it but yeah i imagine they're not really following it anymore at this point yeah you gotta think i mean it's just like the walking dead you pull off the source material and then you do the best you can with what you got right off the hop and then eventually it's like oh okay well this is television so we need to progress it and keep it dramatic and edgy and keep people on their toes and keep them enticed so they pull away from the source material and start making up their own shit. Same with Thrones, right? Like, Thrones just went yeah. completely off the... Look at how fucking terrible that piece of shit show turned out to be. Yep. Yep. Which, okay, can we talk about fucking... The new Game of Thrones show that got confirmed that absolutely no one wants? Yeah. Are you ready for a fucking Jon Snow fucking Game of Thrones? Oh, did I miss this? There's one with Jon Snow? They're doing, a, yeah. a, like, another one? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. What are you doing, Kit? You're actually a good actor. You could do anything. Yeah, I know. Like, I read this, um, so, like, 
in apparently in uh, George R. R. Martin's like blog post or whatever, he like confirmed that he was like, yeah, no, Kit Harrington like is signed up for this, and he is actually like the person that like kind of developed it. And I'm, I was like, what? Like, the only thing I can think of is like Kit Harrington was like that show did my character so fucking dirty that I need to come back and like redeem it for myself or something like, cause I don't know. But like, Ugh. what even is this going to be? Cause like at the end he just fucks off to the wall and then like leaves with a bunch of wildlings. Like, is it just going to be him? Like, like, I don't know what, like, yeah, what I, the I don't... fuck are they going to do? Well, and, and here's the thing about a sequel is they've got like multiple uh, people from the Game of Thrones franchise that have said like, no, I'm, I'm done with that chapter. I have no interest in coming back. Right. Like yeah. recently, Amelia Clark, Macy Williams, and the redhead that I can't remember her name now. Mm-hmm. All three of them have been like, no, no, we're not coming back for any of these Game of Thrones spinoffs, blah, blah, blah. We're not interested in it. So, like, and this isn't a prequel, it's a sequel. So, like, mm -hmm. you have a sequel with Jon Snow where he's at the wall. Like, yeah, sure, you can do some center stuff around the wall. But you know at some point anyone who's been, like, a fan of the show and watched the whole original series is going to be like, okay, well, like, what the fuck's going on with Bran in charge? Yeah. You know, where's fucking... Mm -hmm. Where's the imp? What's yeah, he where's everyone doing? else? Yeah, they're going to want to know and see. And you know that's going to be a draw for a bunch of viewers that'll be like, oh, maybe we'll get a glimpse into the aftermath of Daenerys Targaryen's fucking fall and like mm -hmm. rebuilding the whole fucking, you know, continent era, whatever you want to call it. Yep. But if none of those actors want to come back, I feel yep. like it, I feel like this is just, maybe the main story is going to be solid and stand on its own for sure. But I think you're going to have a lot of fans that are coming back to get some kind of closure in the aftermath of one of the worst, if not the worst series finales of all time. And they're not going to get it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Like I, like the only reason I'm kind of on board to check out like that prequel that starts this summer is because I was like, okay, like that main show, like, still is a sour taste in everyone's mouth but a prequel is like a thousand years beforehand like it has nothing to do with that okay i'll check that out because like it kind of gets away from that but to kind of like you said go back to the ending people are gonna be like okay fix what you did and if a bunch of the original people aren't coming back then you're not gonna get that so. no so i don't know i mean I feel like this is like one of those long shot kind of moves where it's like, okay, we need to fix what we did. And maybe that's why he's so actively involved. Cause like he would have to be a complete and utter fucking moron if he doesn't, hasn't seen, heard or know about like the tremendous backlash from like the hardcore Thrones fans. Oh yeah. Well, even like, I think the average fan was like not on board with how that show ended. No. So, so you got to wonder if he's been pushing for this and helping develop it and going for it and wants this to happen. If this is his like humble apology to the fans where it's like, let's just carry on and make things right. You know, kind of like how Dexter did with new blood. 
Sure. Those are some really big shoes to fill. That is an incredibly tall order, and I think you're... And I could be wrong, because, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what it's going to center around. Like, we don't really have any details other than it's happening now. But if you don't do it right, you're just going to, like, further taint the reputation of Thrones. Yeah, like, they got one shot. And, it, like, I think we talked about this with Dexter, like, before it aired, is, like, they can't fuck it up again, right? You know, and luckily they didn't, you know, and it actually ended really good, but... Like, that's the thing when you come back to, like, a very, like, when the overall consensus was, like, we didn't like what you did a lot, and you're going to come back and, like, okay, we didn't like it either, but we're going to try to fix it. Like, there's only so much leeway the fans are going to give you, right? Yeah, and you're going to have your typical people that are going to watch all these, like, prequel side spinoff ones, but then the hardcore fans, I think will be like, I don't know, I'm still, like, for me, for example, like, I'm not touching any of these three prequel spinoff series. I have no interest in seeing any of them. I will, however, to an extent, put a little bit of time into this Jon Snow one to see if they can rectify the mistakes of the past. Sure. But if it is too fucking shitty, then any possibility of seeing, like, there's, like, if the Snow one goes well, then there's that possibility where it's like, okay, they're kind of redeeming themselves, they're making up for, you know, how badly they damaged this. Maybe I will go check out the spinoffs and I maybe I will actually get in, reinvested into this sure. this whole universe. But if they mess up Jon Snow, then like there's absolutely no way in hell I'm going to bother watching the other 3. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like original Game of Thrones aside, we're up to four different side spin-off series now. Like yeah, it's getting a little excessive. Yeah, I don't... Uh... And, like... I mean, it's HBO, but, like, at the same time, it's like, don't do what AMC did with The Walking Dead. Like, you don't have to fucking milk every fucking spinoff from the George R. R. Martin tit. Like, mm -hmm. you're HBO, you don't have to. And it's like... I'll check out all these spinoffs because it's HBO and I'll give them a few episodes, but just like you don't have to double down on Game of Thrones. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird that he is... Like, it seems like it was his idea, so I don't know. Maybe he's got some idea to fucking redeem it, but... I don't know. I, I, like, George R. R. Martin should obviously credit where credit is due because he created this whole universe and stuff like that, but, like, I'm starting to feel like it's getting to the point where... Because those books wrote for a long time before someone decided to turn them. It's like, he was... I don't know if you'd call him successful or, like, you know, mediocre in writing for you know, decades before this got turned into a show and actually gave him the popularity and the money and everything. So, like, I'm wondering, like, he spent so many years writing these books with no accolades or appreciation, and now all of a sudden it's come flooding in, and he's like, I can't let this go. Yeah, so he's know. just green-lighting everything, and, like, has he even finished the last... Like, I've stopped paying no. attention. Is the fourth book even fucking out yet? Nope. So, like, is this motherfucker... Should he really be putting any of his time... <laughs> 
energy or effort into doing three spinoffs and then a fucking sequel? Like, how is he going to give him source for a sequel? He hasn't even written the fourth book that the whole franchise is supposed to end off of. Yep. And honestly, at this point, it's been so long that if he wanted to, he could take the super lazy way out and base his fucking last book off of how this shitty, shitty show ended. What? I know a lot of people, uh, like, uh, if you go to, like, the book subreddit or something, like, a lot of people theorize that, like, the ending he had in mind was what the show did. And because of how everyone hated it, he's like, well, fuck, I can't write that. <laughs> no, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think the whole sure. internet is go is using this as like, they're giving him an excuse to fucking keep taking oh, sure. longer and not writing it. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he genuinely did not have a fucking sniff. And those two douchebag showrunners were like, oh, we want to go do Star Wars. We're fucking ending this right now. Because they I started think, pulling away from the source material in the season previous to that. I want to say he he gave them like kind of some ideas on where he wanted to end it, but he didn't have it all. So, but so I don't know like to what extent, like he gave them like maybe he just gave them a rough idea at the time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm until I have definitive proof. Either way, I'm going to continue to think that he's just the well of the create creativity well has ran fucking dry he's grasping at straws to hold on to the fame and notoriety and that those jerk off showrunners are the ones who are like all right we want out of this we got to end it you've got nothing all right george this is what we're thinking and george goes well i don't really have anything so sure go with it and then we yep. ended up with the worst season of game of thrones ever yeah that's where i'm going with this yeah but yeah it's crazy how long <laughs> he's taken to write that book like i want to say oh shit i want to say some i saw a post on reddit like six months ago and someone was like this is what's happened in the world since the the, <laughs> the books have came out and i want to say one of them was like iron man one came out and the whole marvel cinematic universe concluded its first phase <laughs> yeah i i don't remember exact years but it's been a long time from what i recall yeah, yeah. I don't know why they're doubling down on Game of Thrones, but because it was are. their most successful show, I think, ever. So, and that was like prior to HBO being HBO Max, the standalone streaming service. So, like, we're in a subscriber war here. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, I did finally watch The Staircase. Okay. What'd you think? Uh, well, it's interesting. So wife and I both watched it mm -hmm. and then she started watching the Netflix one. Oh, like, like the documentary. Yeah. Like the actual documentary. Mm -hmm. I thought that I had watched that once upon a time. Apparently I haven't. So I haven't okay. actually seen the Netflix one. So by the end of the HBO dramatization, I was of the opinion that this motherfucker did it. Yep. And that was the opinion that my wife held. She's like, oh yeah, I think he did it. Now yep. that she's watching the actual like 13 episode Netflix documentary, she's like, I don't think he did it. Yep. And I was like, well, fuck, now I got to watch the Netflix one. Yep. Because I don't know what to think. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things uh, that like, 
the documentary definitely takes his side because he knows like it's very much like the hbo show like he was involved with the person making it mm-hmm. so it's like of course it's going to paint him in the best light ever oh for sure but so this netflix but, one is it actually done by those french people that you see in the hbo one that yep. is theirs yep interesting you don't see you don't really see them um but yeah it is very it is yep the same people hmm well, it's on the list because I'm super curious now. Yeah. Cause it I would actually be interesting to watch the documentary after the HBO show. Because then you'd have like a comparison of like what they did in the show versus the documentary. Mm-hmm. But Like, oh, this was that scene from the show and this and mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I I'm did, very, uh, very intrigued. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, in the HBO show, I love how they did the... Uh, uh, where they showed like the different ways, like uh, how, like the show went, like it started off like, oh, this was an accident, so it like showed her falling down the stairs as an accident, and then like as they changed to like, oh, maybe it was this, and then it actually showed the, the different, different ways. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was like a super smart way of doing it. Like I, I really liked it. Yeah, ex- except I don't know how I feel about the one neighbor's theory that she was outside putting the reindeer up, and then an eagle came and attacked her. And cut her head open, and then she went to walk up the stairs to get a towel and fell down because this eagle attack. Like I don't, I don't know where I sit with that. Yeah, it's like kind of a stretch, but. But I, I yeah. did find it like, like the part that kind of gets me thinking the most is where you you come to find out that like the previous wife he had over in Europe also died from falling down the stairs. Yeah, and he claims, oh, it was a brain aneurysm. It just popped. As she was going up the stairs, and so she fell down. But what actually killed her was a brain aneurysm. But encourages his daughters to let them exhume the body to make sure. Says, yes, dig her up. You can see him telling the truth. And then they dig her up, and they go, yeah, this is not a brain aneurysm. So I'm like, okay, what kind of fucking play is he going for here? Like, either he genuinely thought it was a brain aneurysm and that's why he was so like, yeah, dig her up. I don't care. I got nothing to hide. Yep. Or he didn't think they would actually dig her up and he was just like playing it off that. Like I, I genuinely don't fucking know. Yeah. I, it, this is like, it's a weird case of like, and you'll probably get this when you watch the documentary. Cause like when I originally watched the documentary, it was like the first couple episodes. I was like, yeah, this this guy didn't do it like it was like totally an accident and then like at, at the end of one of the documentary episodes they're like and we'd like to introduce that his previous wife who also died going downstairs and i like i saw that and i was like all right this motherfucker's guilty like because you have an identical situation that happened before like of course mm-hmm. so, so yeah it's uh it it's a fascinating case that has a lot of like really crazy shit in it. Yeah, I'm very like I like I'm still leaning on the he did it side. I mean, he wasn't a very yeah. successful writer, so I mean, like the wife really was putting the bill on everything and like and again, I've only seen the HBO show, so they're all dramatizations, but like sure. You know, all the party events and this and that and stuff were like she's not really into it, but it's kind of for him and now he's running for city council and she's basically just like funding all of his dreams Mm -hmm. and then like if it 
genuinely is true that one day she goes into the office and discovers, you know, like, oh, my it husband, is. who I'm basically, like, paying for him to have this life, is a homosexual, so he's not even really, like, that into me. Yeah, I can understand her getting upset and being like, okay, well, this is over, because I'm not just being your fucking sugar mama. And then him lashing out, because, I mean, they're married, so what's mine is yours and yours is mine. Yep. So, like, there is motive there. Yeah. Uh, I have to watch the documentary now. Yeah, the documentary is really good. Because, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, like, I'm also on the side of, like, he probably did it, but there's also, like, just enough where it's, like, every once in a while, I'm like, well, maybe, you know. Like, there's that just enough of, like, a couple of things where it's like, hmm, okay. But, yeah. Yes, very interesting. I really liked the uh, HBO, like, dramatization, though. Had a great cast, too. It did. It was good. I quite enjoyed that. Me too. I burned most of that on my way up north on the bus. Oh, nice. And then I crushed the entire season of Umbrella Academy on my way home. Okay. How is the new season? I haven't oh, had a chance to check it out yet. so good. The one thing that I've always wanted more out of in the Umbrella Academy is I wanted more Robert Sheehan. Okay. He's the guy who plays Klaus. Right. Because you've seen the first two seasons, right? Yep. So we're finally, like, he's becoming more and more of a focal fucking character. Okay. Which I love. Like, he's mm -hmm. a, a big, like, has a big importance in this new season. But it's, okay. like, it's back to the way, it, like, I don't know. It's It's funny. It's action-packed. They've got, like, good fight scenes, ridiculous superpowers, crude fucking jokes. You got your violence. You got your gore. You got your foul language. Like, it, it's good. And it's fantastic that, like, every time these guys seem to save the world, they just create a new problem that's about to end the fucking world. But they yep. do it really well. Like, this season is all about, like, okay, they fix the main timeline from the last season. And, like, at the end of last season, they end up back home, but now it's called the Sparrow Academy. And then they come to find that, like, I, I, can't, I can't spoil it, because, like, something happens where basically their dad adopts a completely different set of kids, and the reason is, is, like, because something that they did in the past triggers this thing, so then they can't be adopted, and that's how they end up with the Sparrow Academy. But then there's, okay. like, this major rift between Pogo the monkey oh, sure. and yep. Mr. Hargraves which basically turns, like, the Sparrow Academy, those group of kids, into, like, some pretty... Like, they're a well-oiled team unit. None of them have, like, the weird messed-up daddy issues that, right. like, the other group, the Umbrella Academy has. But, sure. like, insane such, like... It's a minor spoiler, but they keep their dad drugged all the time. So he actually, oh. like, it's his house, and, you know, the Sparrow Academy is his, but these kids keep feeding him these drugs that keep him kind of, like, doped and loopy. And he basically oh, is just there for, like, political appearances and to sign checks. And it's, like, the kids themselves run the whole show. They call the fucking shots and so on. So, yeah. That, that's actually... I'm kind of excited for that take. That's a, that's a good way to do it, I think. And the very first episode, within the first, like, 15 minutes, and as someone who has declared time and time again that I hate musicals, because I do. I hate musicals. But in the first like 20 minutes of the very first episode, 
they break the whole cast breaks out into like a full length song and dance number under the weirdest pretenses possible, but it was one of the most refreshing and delightful things I've ever watched. All right. As someone that like absolutely loves musicals, I'm excited for that. And it comes out of nowhere too. You're just kind of like watching and then you're like, wait, what? Okay. What is happening here? What the? And it's a, it's a good song that you'll recognize the moment you hear it. And it was a very well choreographed dance. It was, it was pretty fantastic. I'm excited for that. I I love musicals, so yeah, send me up for that. But yeah, I don't like. There's so much stuff I want to talk about, but I don't want to spoil it for you if you have ever any intent of watching it. But it was, it was really good. The yeah, only thing I, I think it, go ahead. I was gonna say like I think it just came out. Yeah, like, like a week ago, yeah. on Wednesday, so like five yeah. days ago. The yeah, I plan only, on watching it soon. The only thing that I don't know how I feel about. So, like, you know, Elliot Page, right? Mm-hmm. Formerly Ellen Page. Yep. Came out as trans, is now Elliot Page. Yep. I've never read the Dark Horse comics that these are based off of, but, like, within the first episode, Elliot Page, who plays Vanya, also decides to transition in the show and becomes Victor. Okay. Which was just a little weird. It was like, Okay, are you doing this at her request? Or sorry, his request. Apologies. I don't want to be that guy. Are you doing this at his request? Was this like part of the deal? Like Elliot's not coming back unless you transition his main character? Or was it like, uh, hey, like we're proud of you for finally transitioning and coming out for who you are. So we want to like recognize that in the show. Like I'm, it doesn't bother me either way, but I'm just curious as to what the pretenses are. Like just sure. out of curiosity. Sure, yeah, yeah. As to how it all came about. Like uh, and to be fair, they did it in a very like they did it in a very nice way where they didn't like you know how some some of these like super oh, super left, slap you. Le- yeah, like, they like shove it down your throat. They did it very, very nicely where it wasn't like the whole and only focus of the show. Like it was a very subtle and yet important like so I thoroughly enjoyed the way they did it, but I want I'm just dying to know what the pretenses for that change were. Sure. I bet, it, I bet it was a combination of both. Because I want to say Net, like right after all of it happened, I want to say Netflix came out like very supportively, I want to say. So maybe it was a combination of both, I would think. But. Yeah, and that's probably what it is. Like I said, yep. it's just out of curiosity because I was like, okay, I understand where you're going with this. I see where yep. you're going with this. And like, I understand and respect it. Not quite what I, I don't know. I guess I just would have imagined that because you have actors across the board that have played different genders and stuff. So I'm just, just out of morbid curiosity. I'm like, is Elliot Page refusing to play any female characters now that he's transitioned to a man? Is that how this is working? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'm glad they like did it decently though. Yes. Because I I read about it before it actually happened and I was like, I'm trying to think of some other examples where they shove it down your throat and turn it into some kind of like political nonsensical thing where it's like, okay, we get it. Can we just move on? So I was beyond excited that they, it was very tastefully done and it was like well integrated into the show and didn't like take away from the main show. He was obviously like a turning point in the show for sure, but it didn't consume the whole show. Like the whole season didn't just become a season about 
Vanya transitioning to Victor. Yeah. It was just kind of like, here it is. Yeah. So they, did it. they did it right. And, yeah. It's, uh, and I, th- I think more shows should do it like that. Like, or kind of like how, uh, what was it when Iron Man two, when they replaced Rhodes, where it was just like a, a small scene where it was just like, yep. All right, here we are. Mm-hmm. This, this is what it is. Let's get back to the movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think that's the right way to do it versus like just shoving it down your throat and being like, all right. We need you to like understand this. It's like, all right, yeah, I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was very well done. The whole season, though, fantastic. I need like I need more Robert Sheehan in my life. Like that guy's just amazing. Did you ever watch the old like original like Misfits, like the BBC Misfits? Yeah, his, way back in the day. Oh, his character on that show was like one of my all-time favorite television characters ever. Yeah, I was, was great. Genuinely crushed when they fucking killed him off. Yeah. That whole show was, if I remember rightly, the show was a long time ago, but I remember it being, like, really good. It was. It was really good. It was one of those shows that, like, no one heard of. So Yeah, I don't even know how I heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, it was, like, a weird thing where someone was like, you just check out this BBC show. I was like, what? Yeah, well, I mean, I checked it. And this is, like, before the streaming era days, right? Before the, like... Yeah. The internet was as big as it was. Like, I don't even know how I ended up finding out about it, but it's it's not, it wasn't common for be. oh yeah, this BBC CISO show, you should check it out. Yeah. But super good. And of course now, like, cause I burnt it all the day it came out, I watched the entire season. So it's like, cool. I got another <laughs> you fucking wait. year to wait. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, I'm glad it's good. Cause I really enjoyed the first two seasons. So. I mean, if the third one is just more of that, then sign me up. Yeah, and a solid ending too. Okay. Where you're Have like, they announced? Ooh, I don't, I don't know if they've announced if they're gonna do a season four or not. I mean, this is Netflix, so I'm on edge. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, because like three seasons is like pushing it for mm-hmm. Netflix. Yeah, unless you're Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. Which makes no sense to me. As it stands, Netflix has yet to officially confirm there will be a season four. Mm. Cool. So enjoy the last (laughs) season, everybody. Probably. Probably. The the way it ends, it's like, okay, there has to be more to this because there is that cliffhanger, but it's not a infuriating end. Okay. It's not like Ray Donovan where my blood was boiling. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to see a season four, but if they were like, okay, we're absolutely done with this, I'd be like, okay, I'm disappointed. There's more of the story and this like new arc that got introduced at the very end. I kind of want to see how that plays out. But other than that, like I can, for the most part, I can accept this and kind of move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So um, here's another one that I checked out on Netflix. So there's a new Netflix, like, uh, cult documentary kind of thing the keep sweet pray and obey yeah and it's uh it's a short one it's only like four episodes okay easily Um, digestible i like that really really good and really fucked up (laughs) what's this what cult does this center on uh it's like uh what the fuck it's like uh it's like some religion 
based on like dudes marrying like a fuck ton of women. Oh, the uh, fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter Day Saints. Oh Jesus, the name like that, you you can tell it's gonna be bad news bears. Yep, but it's like it's basically where they're like kind of like um oh, what was that one uh with the guru the where they started wild their country. own yeah so it's kind of like that so like they have like their basically own town and like the head of like the person like owns the town and the land and like funds the police department and has their own fire department in the city like it's like crazy how like fucking grand it is by this church and then it's basically all the dudes just like marrying like 30 fucking women and like controlling them it's super fucked up mm. um and yeah it was it, it was a good watch and nice and short only like four episodes and yeah well i, I, I am a sucker for a good cult documentary so yep you'll like it so it's good i won't get into it more if you're gonna watch it but it's a solid watch What else we got here? Uh, so I finally, uh, oh, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say I finally watched Doctor Strange. Yeah, and that was a really good time. How did you think about it compared to Spider-Man Multiverse? Well, it definitely wasn't as good as that one, but it was solid. I also didn't think it was as good, and then the more and more I reflect back on it. I'm like, oh, well, there was this I didn't like, and there was this, and then I started picking it apart. Sure. And uh, I blame Sam Raimi. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think the subject matter of the movie could have been good, but I don't think Sam Raimi did a good job. Like, I think Sam Raimi, Sam raimi the fucking movie. Sure, that's fair. It's a very Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> yeah, like the the very first opening scene where he fights the giant eyeball and stuff, I was like, well, I don't know how yeah. I feel about this. Like, we're kind of getting a little too fucking... <laughs> it's a superhero movie, but it's like, this is just too out of place, unex unexpected, and weird for me right off the hop. Sure, yeah. That's fair. But no, like... On the whole, I enjoyed it. Maybe if, like, when I watch it again or think back on it, I only watched it last night, so. But, uh, but yeah, like, on the whole, I liked it. I liked, uh, oh, shit, what's his name as uh, the Fantastic Four? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Krasinski. Krasinski. He was good. I'm, I'm excited to see him in more movies, so. Yeah, that was probably my favorite scene from the entire film was <laughs> when they're in that alternate timeline universe multiverse whatever the hell and then they meet like the illuminati yeah and you finally get that professor x intro like in the old school x-men fucking chair like that was pretty yep. nifty and then seeing like the female captain america and black bolt but more importantly when like wanda walks in there yeah and it's just like oh yeah black bolt can fucking kill you with like one word and she like sews his mouth up and then he like craters the inside of his own head yep. and then like rips Mr. Fantastic into a bunch of like ribbons and like that whole like murdering mm -hmm. like these top tier fucking superheroes 
like they were absolutely nothing. I, I loved yep. it. I like yeah. that whole scene was like, yes. Yep. I, I really liked that. Like Wanda was kind of the bad guy of the movie because like that character is uh, like in the comics, I think she's always been kind of like pegged as like one of the strongest, like to exist basically. Mm-hmm. So kind of like see her just like rip all those people apart in like seconds was like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. So, so yeah, like on the whole, I liked it. Um, I'm, I'm still really curious how they're going to introduce the X Men. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be through this multiverse thing, right? Like, that's. Yeah, I would think. I don't know. I I love the idea of the multiverse, and like, don't like aside from some of the nitpicky shit from Doctor Strange. Uh, I did thoroughly enjoy that movie. I thought it was fantastic. I liked the introduction of the new characters and I loved Spider-Man's multiverse, right? So like, I love that now we can get all these other storylines and characters and stuff because we can go between the different multiverses. But at the same time, now in the back of my head, I have this like slight fear where they're going to like beat this dead horse, you know? I I have the same thoughts because I'm like, as soon as you open that can of worms, you can just go back to that well and keep doing it, right? Like, it kind of gives you an excuse of like, okay, they could now go back and bring Iron Man back, right? Yep. Or an alternate Iron Man or... Yeah, and it's like, a part of me is like, are they going to like ruin it like that? Or is this kind of going to be... Like, all right, here's here's a couple of stories on this. This is how we kind of shoehorn the X-Men in and then cue our new Thanos dude or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned that they're going to use it as a crutch. And yeah, then me too. when they start using it as a crutch, then they're just going to start getting lazy with it. Where it's yeah. like, I don't know how to do this. Uh Oh, multiverse. Okay, yeah, that's it. Multiverse. And yeah, yeah that, that's where I'm concerned of. And especially because, like, we're not even done with, like, the multiverse-esque stuff, right? Because we're getting another Loki season. Mm-hmm. And one of the next... I don't know. I think Thor is the next one. But in the not-too-distant future, we have Ant-Man in the quantum realm, right? Which is the yeah. same thing where he goes super small and then jumps through multiverses via the quantum realm. So, like... We're already getting three multiverse movies. I would be stunned if Lady Thor, Natalie Portman, isn't in the new Thor because of some sort of multiverse-related thing. Yeah. Like, I know how she gets that stuff in the comics, and I don't know if they're going to do it the same way in the movie or not, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, the com- like Yeah, now I'm concerned that like the first little bit of the movie is going to be a continuation from Endgame where Thor's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy and then somehow they jump multiverses and fucking, oh, look, there's Lady Thor. Like, I'm just like, I don't know for sure. I don't know the whole plot synopsis of what's going to happen in the new Thor and I could be completely wrong and I hope I am, but that is my fear right now is like they they set such a high standard for all these Marvel movies culminating into the end of phase one and I'm beyond excited for phase two, but I am, I am terrified 
that it's just going to be this heavy, heavy leaning on the multiverse for everything, which is just going to lead to lazy writing. And like yeah. what made phase one so incredible as like a comic book superhero movie fan was that it was like so well tightly integrated and there was such beautiful continuity. But the moment where you can use multiverse as a crutch and continuity means shit because you don't need to keep continuity because you can just explain away anything you want with multiverse, multiverse, yep. multiverse. And I'm totally, I'm worried. I have, I have yep. reservations and I'm worried. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can see that. Especially because, like, I haven't watched any of the Miss Marvel show yet. Have you been keeping up on that? I haven't started it yet because I've been burning through Obi-Wan and then I was going to probably start it after that. But. Because that's that's her big thing too, right? She punches a star hole and jumps in between multiverses. Oh, no, that's a different person. The TV show is a different character. Oh, that's not all about her? What's the TV show about then? The character Miss Marvel. Yeah, but the character that... in the Doctor Strange movie is uh oh America Chavez. Is that not Miss Marvel? Nope. Completely different characters. Oh. Well then. Yeah. Then what's Miss Marvel's claim to fame? I think she stretches, I think, or something. I can't remember. I don't really remember what her powers are, to be honest. Mm. But it's been on my list. All right, then. I will just shut my mouth. There's just too Fair many enough. characters' names because I'm always getting that her confused with what's the other one's name? Brie Larson's Marvel. Oh, Captain Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that is the thing with comic book heroes is like they're a dime a dozen and they all sound similar. Here's some. Unfortunate news. Snowpiercer. Yeah. Coming to an end with season four, which... I I don't know how I feel about this, because, like, now that they're, like, off the train, like, there's only so much you can do on that show, right? Like, there's... A, like, what I mean is, like, there's only so many train shenanigans you can get up to before you have to, like, do something else. So, I yeah. don't know. Well, and and that's where, like, I'm on both ends of this. Yeah. I Like, I enjoy the show, so I'd like to see more seasons keep keep rolling with it. And I think now that they're off the train, like, that opens, like, a pretty incredible, like, way to go. But mm. I do like the fact that this isn't being dropped, like, because they're in the middle of pre-production or, like, actual shooting. One of the two. Yeah. I think they're in the middle of pre-production. So, like, this isn't coming as a, the season's already aired and we're just not going to pick it up, where they end on, like, a we don't know and, you know what I mean? Like, at least this yeah. way they have the foresight to go, this is the last season, so let's let's wrap it up kind of thing. 
Yeah. But considering so they're have... up the... Go ahead. Yeah, like, it's it's nice that they actually have, like, some notice and they can, like, write around it kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, now that they're off the train, like I said, like, that bring opens up a world of possibilities. I wouldn't be surprised if this fourth and final season kind of, like, fast-forward five years where they have some kind of establishment and maybe the original Snowpiercer is kind of coming back around. Sure. That would actually be a nice way to do it. Too bit of a time jump. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I'd be all right with that. But it is sad nonetheless. I, I thoroughly enjoy that show. Yeah. But at least they have the opportunity to end it on a good note. And if they end yep. it on a good note, then, I mean, no harm, no foul, right? I mean, eventually everything comes to an end. Yeah, pretty much. So as long as they end it decent, then yeah, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. else we got here golden eye yes it's getting a documentary which i think is red as hell <laughs> this was the defining game of my childhood me and you both like <laughs> me, like we had a normal nintendo i think at one point we had the super nintendo it's so, like i played lots of those games and stuff but like when you say hey like what game did you play a lot as a kid the very first game that comes to mind is GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64. I'm the same. Without I'm a doubt. Same. Yep, I'm the same. It was a big fucking deal and will always be a big fucking deal to me. Yep. So, so yeah, to uh, get a, a documentary on it is super awesome because there is, oh, like, what was it? Um, can't remember where I read it, but it was, like, one of the original developers of the game talking about how the multiplayer was an afterthought and mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy because like that's kind of what that game is known for right so. yeah four four players split screen like yeah okay. yeah like that was like that game was like our childhood and it was like if you had some friends over on the weekend on like a saturday you were fucking split screening multiplayer on this you know yeah, so, yeah i'm i'm so fucking excited like you don't even know it comes out tomorrow yeah, yeah. Because I think tomorrow, I want to say, is like the 30th or the 25th anniversary, I think. Oh, is that 25 years? Yeah, 25th anniversary. Yep. That's crazy. 1997. And, oh, yep. man, I and feel I know old. Oh, go ahead. I said, man, I feel old. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. There's also rumors that they're going to uh, drop a remake next week too on what i don't know so here's the but... thing is i they dropped a remake of golden eye on hmm, xbox xbox yeah. and playstation years ago and i was i was super excited for it and, and it, it was, sucked it was terrible so this one is apparently um a remake of the actual like 64 game where it's like hey here is actually just that because apparently what it is is years ago there was one that was actually developed and finished and you can actually go find videos on it i have seen those was, yeah 
and it's basically like that like they're just bringing that back to life and finishing it up so which Good. if that's the case fucking yeah i'd pay all the money for that because yeah. like i bought and i was super excited and i bought their like golden eye remake and it wasn't like as soon as you loaded into the the very first level which is the dam it was like completely retextured the layout was different like it they like you were playing as daniel craig yeah it was like they took the original golden eye and they're like okay we're just gonna like we like the idea but we're just gonna change everything around and like that's not what i wanted like if you want to play on my nostalgia give me a like Map for map. I want the same loading screens. I want the same way to pick missions and difficulties. I want the exact same maps with the exact same NPCs. Just let me have modern day controls and like smooth over the graphics so it's not 64-bit. But like, I want to be able to take an N64 and put it here and my Xbox or computer here. And I want to be able to follow the exact same path and route and doors. And like, I want... A modernized shot for shot remake. That's what I want. Apparently that's what this new one is. Apparently. Who knows? But we'll see when it actually comes out, which is it's pretty like confirmed because like all the achievements got leaked like a week ago for it. So I think it's just a matter of when it gets in like where it gets announced. But Well, if they do do it that way, like like I'd be willing to spend egregious amounts of money on that. Like, oh, much. This, you want this entire, like, modernized but complete shot for shot remake of GoldenEye? Sure. It's going to cost you $200 to buy the game, though. And I would be like, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Well, rumor you is, suckers, I, don't I would have paid three. Yeah. Rumor is, I don't know if you have, uh, like, Game Pass Ultimate. I do. Uh, rumor is, it'll be day and date on that. Really? Well, that so. is good news. Which means it'll just be free. Just click download. So beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, and we got uh, Paul Reeser joins the boys cast as the legend. Yeah, which I don't like. I'm guessing remember. he's he was. I just watched this episode like last night. Yeah. So like, is this saying that he's going to be in there full time now? I'm not too sure. I actually don't remember putting this article in here. Maybe? Would make sense. Uh, Reese will make his series debut in that episode. There's only eight episodes a season, so we only got two left. Oh, shit. I thought it was more. Ugh. Was this article like he's coming into the show and <laughs> now that episode has gone and passed? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well. Mm. Mm. He was good, though. I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. Because he was kind of like the OG, like, bot. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. I mean, this article is from June 15th, so, like, maybe it was a surprise, but we've already passed that date, so. Sure. So not nearly as exciting. No. And then, so in what seems like good Star Wars news, so Taika Waititi is doing uh, like some Star Wars movies, and he straight out came and said, like, I am not going to tap into any of the 
your shit and i'm gonna do my own thing and that is exactly what the fucking franchise needs so and i'm not up to date or as big as a star wars fan as others so like i don't know if i'd be upset about this or excited about it uh for me personally i'm excited about it because like a lot of the complaints about like some of the latest stuff is like they're just kind of giving us what we've already seen and they're not really doing anything new mm. so to kind of get like a fresh take or it's like hey not everything has to reference back to luke skywalker you know here is kind of something like the franchise needs to like go out and like tell stories that are new and fresh right so so i okay. think this is fair enough fucking awesome so well i love taika so i mean i have no yeah. doubt that he's gonna do a stand-up job yeah so yeah i'm happy about that yeah i'll be curious to see where he takes it what kind of direction he takes it yeah yeah me too i think like and again this is from someone who's not like heavily or deeply invested in the star wars universe is like outside of the original trilogy there was like all of the books and all of the comics and like there's so much canon added to that fucking universe that I find it hard to believe that even with, you know, a couple seasons of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and now the Obi-Wan series and the prequels and then the latest trilogy, like, and then the Clone Wars fucking series, like I find it hard to believe that they've still covered absolutely every little character world and planet and stuff like that. But I like, like I said, I'm not heavily invested, so I could be wrong. Maybe they've beat everything like a, like a dead horse. Well, like I know there's a lot of <clears throat> like that original canon stuff that like a lot of the fan base has been like, go back and give us that. Like a lot of that stuff was really good. And, but like, I think a lot of the complaints is like, they're just going back to like, Hey, here's, the Skywalker stuff. So. Well, I mean, he kind of was a focal point in the entire universe. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, think it's I, like... Yeah, I get what you're saying. So. There's, I think there's definitely a wealth of stuff that they could probably still pull off of. And I think either way, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You're going to have the hardcore Star Wars guys that go, you can't just fucking make up your own shit and slap the Star Wars label on it because then it's not a Star Wars. Yeah. But then I totally see the other side of that coin where people are like, hey, like, we get it. We know who Luke Skywalker is. We know who Vader is. We know Anakin. We know fucking Boba Fett. Like, we know these characters. Like, please, something. Give us another storyline that we haven't seen explored in various angles and in various side takes throughout other films, right? So, yep. I get it. I'm impartial. I don't really care either way, to be honest. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I'm excited. So Guy Ritchie is going to do a live-action Hercules. Yep. And I'm actually kind of super on board with this. I don't know if I am. Because he did that Aladdin remake, and I actually thought that Aladdin remake was really good. So Hold up. Guy Ritchie did the last live-action Aladdin? Yeah. How did I not realize that? How did I not know that? I mean, shouldn't say realize it. That's not a Guy Ritchie 
standard Guy Ritchie film. So, but I mean, the fact that I didn't know that that was Guy Ritchie is pretty. Yeah. Okay. Well, because my whole take was like, I wasn't sure how to feel about it because, like, I think Guy Ritchie and I think, like, you know, Snatch and those those types yeah. of movies. So for him to do a, a live action Disney cartoon, it's like, eh, I, I like the other Guy Ritchie. I don't want this stuff. But I mean, the new Aladdin was pretty, pretty solid all the way around. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I really like the new Aladdin. And I felt like it had like just enough Guy Ritchie touch, like that. I was like, all right, yeah, sign me up. So, who is Tate Donovan? Oh, is that who they cast as Hercules? That's who they cast as Hercules. Tate oh, I Donovan. know that guy. I do not see him being Hercules. I'm just looking him up. What? No, he's too old. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts, but uh is he Oh, never mind. I read that wrong. Originally oh, okay. released in 97, Tate Donovan was Oh, the voice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Would Danny DeVito as the as Phil, the guy who trains the heroes? I don't remember that. Yeah, me neither. And like Danny DeVito's got a pretty distinct voice, but like I haven't watched the original Hercules Disney cartoon in a really, really, really long time. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. You know who they should get to play Hercules in this new Guy Ritchie movie? Who? Ryan Gosling. Honestly, sure. I'm only sure. saying that because I don't know if it was a little before your time. I definitely grew up watching it on YTV was Young Hercules starring oh, sure Ryan Gosling. Sure. And I don't yeah, sure. I, can't, I can't remember what movie it is that there's a new one coming out right away here with Ryan Gosling and dude looks ripped. Oh, is that the still from the Barbie movie? Yes. <laughs> Where he's playing Ken? Yes. And the dude looks like he's 20? Yes. When in real life, I think he's like 45 or 50. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, he's like taking that Tom Cruise, like, I don't age supplement. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is, but I want some. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I remember seeing that still, and it was like, well, that, that dude is fucking shredded. Yeah, so <laughs> let him play young Hercules. Like, I mean, he's done it before. Sure. Sure. As long as they don't get like the fucking rock to play Hercules or something. Oh God. Yeah, because that would. If be it the wasn't most Guy fucking... Ritchie, I could see that happening. Yeah, it, it, the only thing is like because it's Guy Ritchie, it's probably not going to be. So. But yeah. But you know, if it's Guy Ritchie, at the very least, you're going to see some of his usuals pop up. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. Totally. Okay. So. In other super awesome news, or at least in my opinion, super awesome news, Steve Zahn joining Righteous Gemstones. All right. I like him. I haven't seen that show yet, but he's awesome. Hold on. What? Hold on. Pause. What? You I still haven't, haven't watched Righteous Gemstones? No, I haven't got around to it yet. It's like one of the best comedies on HBO right now. I know. I know you've been telling me, and I just haven't got around to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Well, then this will mean nothing to you. But, like, I think Steve Zahn is going to do fucking amazing in that show. Yeah. Yeah. He's good regardless. So adding him to a cast like like that is probably nothing but money. So it's such a good show. I know. I've been meaning to check it out. It's so funny. So well written. I know. It's John Goodman. Like, I I know know you hate John Goodman, but... Because that would be the only explanation as to why you haven't seen The Righteous Gemstone starring John Goodman. is because you hate John Goodman. That's the only logical explanation. Negative. Or you hate hate HBO, so you won't watch comedy on HBO because you think HBO comedy is junk? Like, there's no logical explanation here for someone who claims to love television and movies so much. Which is it? Do you hate HBO comedies or do you hate John Goodman? I just hate them both. Yeah, I can see that. Well, then that's not as exciting news for you, but I'm excited. And for everyone who watches The Righteous Gemstones, they're going to be extremely pumped about that. Because he kind of fell off the map for a while. But like, oh, I've yeah. always liked Steve Zahn. Like, yeah. Strange Wilderness is still one of my favorite fucking movies. Like, It's just a comedy classic. I'm trying to think of what the last thing I saw him in was. And for the life of me, I can't. I think in, of what it would have been. He was in White Lotus. Oh, sure. You probably didn't watch that one either, though, did you? Nope. Oh, yeah, that's right. You hate HBO. Yep. All right, well, moving along then. So, I think this is kind of cool. So, the... Top Gun director is doing a Formula One movie with Brad Pitt and he says he's going to do the same thing with practical effects that he did with fighter jets where he's just like I'm just going to get a bunch of F1 cars and strap cameras to them <laughs> which you know, like kudos to Tom Cruise like he's a marvel of a human being without a doubt yeah. like absolutely incredible yeah. That being said, though, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be super down to go see an F1 movie. I, uh, like, when I think back, uh, like, when I watched, like, Ford v. Ferrari in the theaters, I remember that being a really good time. So, if it's that and practical effects and Brad Pitt, I mean, that could work. I mean, it's not at the top of my list to go see, but... well. And- I mean, now, I I would say now is the right time for something like that, because, like, F1 racing has a massive fan base worldwide, like, without a doubt. But in North America, it is definitely not as exciting as it is over in Europe. And, like, I have some friends and, like, coworkers that are, like, super into F1. Yeah. Like, watch the races and all that stuff. It's going to be an unpopular opinion. But, like, I've tried to watch F1 on TV, and it's, like, this isn't very exciting. Like, it's... Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, like, it just... It doesn't hit me, and it's not... It's just, like, not all sports are for everyone, so, I mean... Totally. But that being said, I've heard nothing but good things from everyone who's watched that F1 Drive to Survive. Oh, sure, yeah, On Netflix. Like, even people that, like, don't give a fuck about F1 or racing in general have watched it and been like, that was amazing. I can't wait for another season. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my personal take is I know people that never gave a shit about any kind of racing whatsoever 
now they're into drive to survive. Now they're starting to get into F1 racing. I think largely in part due to that Netflix series that it's becoming more and more popular over here. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just kind of happy that practical effects are like coming back. It seems like. Yeah, that it's so. just not all CGI all the time. Yeah. Because, like, there's something to be said about, like, really, really good practical effects. So, especially in something like this, you know, and, like, when you watch Top Gun, where it was just like, hey, you see what that jet did? Yeah, we filmed an actual jet. Yeah. So. Did you watch the new Top Gun yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. All right. God, what an amazing movie that was. Yeah. I I keep thinking back, and it's like I cannot wait for that movie to hit VOD so I can watch it again. I've actually thought about just going back to the theater and watching it again. Because, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that was a 10 out of 10 movie, and I want to watch it again. Cause, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, that was... Yeah. I was, I was like, I... Go ahead. I was talking about it the other day with the family. Like, my wife still hasn't seen it, but she's never even yeah. seen the original Top Gun. So she's like, well, I want to see it, but I still have to watch Top Gun. I was like, then watch Top Gun and go see it. I don't, it's not complicated <laughs> yeah. here. But even my mom was like, oh, yeah, I saw it and I enjoyed it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, my mom, like, not my mom yeah. and my dad, but my mother went and saw it in theaters. Yeah. yeah, it is, like, I think all around, like, I think it's just, like, everyone that is seeing it is like, yeah, this is great. And I think it's doing gangbusters at the box office. Like, I know they just re-released it in IMAX. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So. It was an excellent movie. They did, they did a really good job blending it with the last one. Yeah, like, it was, like, the perfect amount of callback without, like really shoving it down your throat. Mm -hmm. So how is the new South Park movie? I haven't checked it out yet. It was good. They've been kind of hit and miss. Like this last, the last season that they recently did was for the most part good. It wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't a bad season. Yeah. Like it was just like, okay, this is funny, but there are some episodes that like I didn't find as funny on the whole. It was good. And then all their, like, mini-movies they've done, like, COVID, post-COVID, and, like, post-post-COVID. Like, I liked all those specials, but, like, the very first COVID special they did, I, like, laughed start to finish. The second one was still really funny, but not as funny as the first. And then the third one, like, kind of wasn't as funny as the first two, right? Yeah, and that's kind of why I haven't checked this out yet. But this one, this one was good. Okay. I still don't think he's as good as the COVID special, the first okay. COVID special, but Fair it enough. was, it was really good. And I feel like with this one, that this is them finally, because correct me if I'm wrong, but they didn't sign that Paramount deal for all the movies until after they did the COVID specials. I think so. Like if I recall correctly, we were in a pandemic, so they weren't making the show, so they just made a couple fucking movies, and then shortly after that, Paramount Plus signed them up for, like, the 30-picture deal and however many more seasons of South Park and blah, blah, blah. So I think this is the first South Park special, if you will, because I don't know, I wouldn't call it a movie, because it's, well, maybe you could, but it's, like, it's 61 minutes or something like that, like, it's barely a movie. Yeah. 
but I think this is the first one since they've signed that contract. And I, I personally got the feeling that this is them pushing to go, oh, sure. okay, how far can we get away with different stuff under this like movie deal? Sure. Not that okay. it was like anything super egregious, but like as far back as I can recall, this was the very first time I've ever heard anyone in South Park say the word cunt. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. They, what? They haven't before? Maybe they have, but this, this is the first time I recall hearing it. Oh. You have to, and That's... like, take that with a grain, and a, a grain of salt. There's been three sure. specials prior, a movie, and 14 or 15 goddamn seasons. There's a lot of South Park. Sure. But there was like one scene in this new special where like Randy and Stan are like arguing about something and Stan keeps calling Randy a Karen and Randy basically tells, he's like, shut your fucking mouth, you stupid cunt or something like that. And I was like, okay. Holy shit. Like it, I it should watch this. Took me back for a second. I was like, God damn. Okay. I should watch this. But it, in, in, in typical South Park fashion, like it's, yeah, their movie is done. Like, you know, sets doing like a satirical farce on like modern day problems. Like the current one yep. being the streaming wars where basically these people are offering you a ton of money for your streams and then they're taking that deal, but then making a deal for even up like more stuff. And then like, oh, I make a deal with Netflix, but I'm also going to make a deal with Amazon. Amazon's going to pay me more. So I'm going to meet my minimum obligation with Netflix, but I'm going to put more effort into my deal with Amazon, but they don't sure. do it like that. Like it, the whole premise is like streaming wars where they're trying to get like water supply. Oh, sure. Sure. So they do it. Like it's a whole big analogy using water streams and boats and man bear okay, pig sure. makes a return in this one. And all right, I should check this out. It was, it was funny. It was definitely worth a watch. Like, okay. but I am such a fan of South park. I'm going to watch all of them. Anytime sure. they put something out, I'm going to watch it. Sure. That makes me happy because it was kind of like when it came out, I was like, eh, I, like a few of those movies that came up before it, I was like, I wasn't so hot on those. And the new season, I was like, eh, there was one or two that I really liked, but on the whole, I was kind of lukewarm on it. So, I mean, if this is. Yeah, I feel you there. So if this is on the kind of higher end, then I'll check it out because I, like, I've never been the hugest South Park fan, but like, when I watch it, like I do enjoy it and like, so, and, yeah. and that's fair. Like no super intelligent comedy isn't for everybody. Fair enough. <laughs> I liked it though. I yeah. haven't watched it yet, but like I am dying to watch Beavis and Butthead do the universe. Oh sure. Yeah. Like that's, that's on my kill list for today. Yeah, that's fair. I really, I can't wait for that fucking King of the Hill revival to come back. Yeah, me neither. I will spend egregious amounts of money to get that. I have to go. I, I need. Sorry, finish your thought. I was just going to say, like, I need that in my life. Yeah, me fucking too. I uh, recently I went and got Idiocracy. Cause, oh, like, sure. I watched it way back in the day, but I watched it once. I didn't find it that funny. And I don't even know if I made it through the whole thing, but recently Rogan had Mike Judge oh, sure, yeah. on his show and they were talking about Idiocracy 
and like how it all came about and how like difficult it was to film and all that other stuff. Oh, sure, so like yeah. rekindled my interest where it's like, okay, maybe I need to go back and watch this this fucking movie. And I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list now. Okay. Because I just got fascinated with like all the like they were talking about it was such a short shoot time, but they had to cram it all in and they had to make it look like a wasteland. So he was like at one point talking about a lot of the sh- scenes they shoot in the m- movie, like, cause in the movie they like stop drinking water and they only drink like sports drinks cause electrolytes. So they replace everything with that. So they like water their lawn with sports drinks and shit like that. Okay. Cause everyone becomes stupid. Right. So they were drawing right. parallels like Rogan and Mike were drawing parallels in this podcast. Like, how it still holds up because like they've just gone through like the Trump era where like you had a real idiot in control and that's kind of what idiocracy was all about. Like only one smart person's left kind of thing. Right. And he wasn't even super smart. He was average, but everyone else is just so fucking dumb. So like Mike was talking about lots of scenes they had to film like with dead grass. So they like kept routinely having to kill grass to like film the scene and stuff like that. So he was talking about how they would put a tarp and cardboard over like a lawn and stuff like that and just let it sit for two days to kill the grass. But then sometimes it didn't work well enough. So they'd have to like mist gasoline on the grass to kill it so that they could shoot. And he said it was one of like the busiest and most stressful movies that he's ever made. Cause like they did it in such a short period of time he wasn't originally supposed to do it. It was like he made a deal with Fox when he was doing, I don't know, King of the Hill or something. And he basically owed Fox a movie. Oh, so that's what he did. So he like, he had been writing this because I think they said Idiocracy came out in 2004 or 2005. That sounds right. But he had been writing the script for that movie since like 1996. Oh, wow. He'd like started in on it and then just like throughout time would go and like go back, revise, add some things and then just kind of keep it there. And then eventually whatever the deal he had with Fox, Fox was like, okay, so you owe us a script. And he actually presented them with like a script and they went, yeah, we're not into that. And he, and that was like the one he wanted to make. So then he gives them another one and they turned it down and another one and they turned it down so he didn't have any other scripts laying around other than idiocracy that he'd been working on for a long time. And was like, ah, oh, I, I have this one laying around too, but it's not finished. And of course Fox is like, yeah, that's the one we want. All right. So then he had to like quickly revise it again and try and get it going. And it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I want to go back and watch it now. Having recently listened to that interview. Yeah. I love the stories when people talk about like how, like when it's like a crazy shoot, um, like I saw, Oh, just the other day, because uh, Taika Waititi's doing, like, the press circuit for Thor, and he was talking about how uh, when he did, I think it was, like, the first What We Do in the Shadows movie, mm-hmm. um, they were short on a bunch of set materials, and Peter Jackson's The Hobbit had just finished filming, and so one night he told all his prop guys, he was like, look, we don't have all the props and materials we need, The Hobbit just wrapped up, go there once they're done, and just take a bunch of their shit and bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> so he like was like they're done they don't need it anymore just like go over to the hobbit set like later tonight and just like rip a bunch of stuff out and that should be good and then we'll like finish this up <laughs> that's hilarious and i was like i love like those like stories of like the super like lower budget movies and stuff like how they kind of like get creative with all that shit mm-hmm. so 
Okay, did you did you start watching For All Mankind yet? I watched the first episode. Okay. I watched the first for sure. I think I've watched the first two, but now I can't remember. I've I've only watched the first because I'm watching it like with a buddy of mine. He wants to watch it at the same time. So I should be caught up later today, but Oh, that's cute. And what but do you first think episode, so far? First episode was great. I mean, them being I like that they did the time jump again. I kind of liked it, but I don't know how I feel about him and uh, I don't remember the character's name, but Chantel Van Santen, like his former oh, wife. Sure. I don't like how they're sure. not together anymore. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I, I don't enjoy that. And I already got vibes that they're going to like fall in love again. Sure. Yeah. But I'm at that whole, because uh, they have the, uh, what is it, like the space hotel or whatever. Yeah. And then, of course, that just fucking, there's problems that happen there. Like that whole, how they do the shots in space is fucking great. Yeah, they don't cheap out. It was very nicely shot. No. And uh, and kind of how they're gearing up, because like, oh, what's her name that is running like the uh, NASA command that used to be doing the space missions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she, how she's like, okay, we're going to get like Joel Kinnaman's character for like one more go. Yeah, she's like, I'm the one who decides who goes. Yeah. And I I think, so you know how uh, they killed off uh, that couple last yeah. season? Tracy and... <laughs> yep. I think this is going to be Joel Kinnaman season where they give him the boot. Because he's old. He's got one more mission in him. He's going to fucking... And I want to say, I want to say they're gearing it up so that his daughter is going to, because she's in the space program. I want to mm. say. Yeah, very so possible. Well, you definitely know that, that one of Tracy's, Tracy and, man, why can't I remember the other dude's name? That one of their two sons is going to go, because he, he just saved everyone's lives in the space station. Oh, yeah, totally. But it is interesting to see, like, okay, both parents died, and they were kind of raised by... Kinnaman and his now ex-wife. And one of them turned out to be like the all-American boy, went to the fucking, you know, became a pilot, went to NASA or whatever and got the space training and is like, you know, the all-American boy. And then the other one's just a fucking like mentally messed up and depressed and anxious and turning to like drugs and just all kinds of like fucked like to, Polar opposites from yeah. being in the same situation, right? Yeah, totally. But, but yeah, that show is still, still great. Like, yeah, I they quite. don't skip, they don't skip out on the effects, and it's always great. So, but I mean, that's kind of like I've come to just kind of expect that from Apple TV that yeah. they don't skip out on that stuff because they're quickly becoming like a very like prestigious like mm-hmm. all the shows that come out is like these are good quality, these are well written, like. That's what we've said it time and time again, that like they are quality over quantity. Like I haven't seen every Apple TV exclusive show, but of the ones that I have seen, all of them have been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've seen one yet where I'm like, that was bad. So. So yeah, I'm excited for more of it. Me too. All right. Talk about Obi-Wan, because then I just want to fucking go on and on about fucking... Sure. Sure. So Obi-Wan finished, and 
you're not watching this, so I'll probably beat it at horse with this one, but it was good. Like overall, like they for me, like they gave me exactly what I wanted, which was more Obi Wan Invader stuff. And a lot of those scenes were super well done. Um, there was a lot of shit in that show that probably shouldn't have been, but the stuff with Vader and Obi Wan was good. And yeah. If you want that, that show will give it to you. So that's it. That's all you got. Yeah, that's all I got. Is like they gave me what I wanted, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, like, yeah. Okay, but well, yeah. then on to Nick fucking Cage. Playing Nick Cage. How fucking mo- great was that movie? That movie is fucking awesome. Like uh, legit. Like when when I heard about it and like saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this is gonna be ridiculous, and I'm gonna watch it because it's just gonna be stupid and ridiculous. And I figured that I would have like a fun time, but that at the end of the day, it was just gonna be like a ridiculous movie that was fun to watch, but nothing more. This is one of the best movies I've seen all year. Yep, totally. Like, totally. start to fucking finish. What an amazing movie. Yep. Like, and I love how, like, fucking meta they get with Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage. Oh, man. It's like you said, like, when he's talking to himself, like, and they have the younger Nick Cage, like, it's so well done, where he's just like, yeah, it's amazing. And he's like, oh, you are a handsome devil, and then, like, makes out with himself, like, <laughs> yeah. all of his little, yeah. It's it's so fucking good. It's so good. And Pedro Pascal, like that man is he's awesome. He's so good. Yeah, he's he's, he's my like one of my all time favorite right now. Like last days off, um the wife and I were laying in bed and she's like, Well, I want to watch something and I was kinda tired, so I didn't want to put something on I had to pay attention to in case I fell asleep. So true. we put on the bubble. So I watched the bubble for a second time. And I was like, okay, Man, yep. so fucking good. Yeah. Like he was so good in the bubble. Like I absolutely love him in that fucking He's been great in everything I've seen him in. Like cuz he started on like Game of Thrones is kind of when he kind of first came around, I think, right? I believe so. Like, I don't know if he did much before that, but like I I thought that like his character in Game of Thrones was great and then he you know, he did the Mandalorian stuff and he was great in that and I like him in comedic roles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope he does more because, like, I saw, like, you saw a little bit when he did that, like, community script reading and then, like, to see, like, this Nicolas Cage movie where he's, like, all in on it. I was like, yep, you've got some comedic chops. I want to see way more of that. You're really good. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And, like, he did so, so, so good in this movie. Like, he nailed that role. Because, yeah. like, for the first, like, half of that movie, I genuinely thought, like, Oh, he really is like this, like diehard Nicolas Cage fan, but he also is this diabolical fucking cartel leader who's just playing yep. two sides. Like, I did not, yep. did not spoiler alert, did not expect the twist where it turns out he's just like a rich blubbering like family member of the fucking cartel leader. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, he played it so good. Like when he like shows Nicolas Cage like the wax statue from <laughs> fucking Face Off. <laughs> And Nick's like, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. How much do you want for it? Yeah, and he's like, like it's not for sale. Yeah, and like, so, like, like, what impressed me the most was, like, Nick Cage so willing in this movie to take digs at himself. Like, obviously, that being a dig at the fact that he 
because he's got a dinosaur skull in his fucking house, right? Like it's he spends egregious amounts of money on the stupidest shit. So like yeah. it's hilarious that he's in there and he's making fun of himself for these things that he does like has done in real life and how he's taking acting jobs to like pay off fucking debt that he's not actually interested in him, but you know, he's got bills to pay. And then like on top of all of that, the meta-ness of it, where he's writing this movie with Pedro Pascal. Where they're like, oh, at the beginning, it's going to be this type of character drama and stuff. And then halfway through the movie, when Nick is working with the CIA, he's like, well, I need to get in there. So how am I going to do this? Oh, I'll tell Pedro that we should change gears and the movie should now shift to this type of movie, which is exactly what the movie you're actually watching shifts to. So they like call out what is going to happen with the movie by the movie they're writing in the movie. Like it's brilliant it's, it's, it was so, fucking brilliant yeah it's so meta and like fourth wall breaking that is it's just like it's so good like it's like you said like i love how they like nicholas cage just like fucking digs at himself where he's just <laughs> where he's like he's taking the strap because he has no money and he's like how much for the wax statue 40 grand 50 <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know so it's yeah it's it's fucking great it's yeah i, I am so glad that movie exists because like yeah it, it's so good yeah it, it's amazing but that's that's what kind of like breaks my heart a little because like i still like i have a fair amount of friends that are like pretty heavily into tv and movies and a lot of them had like never even heard of the fucking thing really yeah and then like the reviews are good but like it's like i don't know if it didn't get like a massive wide release but like the numbers and the reviews and the pop, like it's not as big as it should be. Like this should yeah. be a big movie getting big reviews and like by the thousands. And it's not like it's a, it's, it comes across like it was a quiet, low key, small volume release. That's now on VOD, which is a shame because like when they kind of get like skirted in and low key put into different places, then not a lot of people see it. Cause they're not, you know, yep. advertised to the masses. And this is something that I think everybody should watch. Yes, totally. If you are a film fan and especially like one that like us kind of probably grew up with those like Nicolas Cage action movies, you know, in the nineties and whatnot, right? Like you have to watch this. So yeah, this is like everything that is Nick Cage. Yeah. I secretly like after I saw this and I know there's been like, talk about it before about a new face-off with nick cage and it's like i was i think it was like shortly after i finished the movie it was like for some reason i thought of that and i was like god i want that <laughs> oh yeah me too man i would kill for a like a even if you didn't do like some kind of sequel spin-off if they wanted to just straight up remake face-off with nick cage i yeah. am all in Totally. And Another I know, one I of those shut up and take my money situations. 100%. And I know I think like the original guy that did Face Off or something like that has like come out and said like, yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat if I could get those two people back on board. Yeah. Just like, yes. I think you'd be able to get Nick to do it. I think it, Travolta would be the hard one. Yeah, totally. Because he hasn't really, I mean, what's the last thing Travolta did? Was it that God Awful Gotti movie? I think so. Yeah. He's been pretty low key as of late. Yeah. You know, so is he even really actively doing stuff anymore? Probably not. You know, well, maybe they can convince him to come back for that. Maybe. Because that would be amazing. Yeah. If you just got them back, like, that'd be fucking 
oh you could do face off too like like nowadays where it's just a bunch of really good deep fakes <laughs> oh yeah right like there's there's some weird yeah, with, shit you could do with a face off movie in 2022 yeah with that the special effects awesome. that you have now and the CGI now like and like i'm still love the mindset that face off was it like it was a little absurd and ridiculous but it was a great movie oh yeah totally and if you take what you can do now with technology then it's going to be an amazing movie in my opinion. Like I can't, I can't, yeah. it's one of those movies where it's like, you see some movies and you're like, Oh God, they're remaking this. Like, don't, don't fucking taint the original. The original stands on its own. Don't do this. It doesn't need a remake. I would love both movies equally if they decided to do a shot for shot fucking remake. Yeah. If you're getting the original people involved, like, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I was, I was so happy. Like I'm, I haven't done it yet, but like I have full intentions of watching that like unbearable weight again. Like it's yep. going to be a movie that like periodically I'm just going to go back and watch just because from start to finish, it's hilarious and like super meta, well thought out. Like the script, whoever wrote that script, like did a phenomenal job. Like that oh, yeah. was so, so well written because yep. most and people, like, when they do fourth wall and meta stuff, they kind of fuck it up and they kind of ruin it. And it was just, very meticulously and well executed the way that they put all of the pieces together and then yep. explained everything that was happening as it was happening. But like in, yeah, it's fucking so yep. good. Yeah. Whoever wrote that movie was a, a very good writer and B a very big Nicholas cage fan that oh, knew yeah. what references to do, you know, like I think, uh, what was it? One part of it where they're like trying to get into a Jeep to drive away or something. And he's like, you drive. And he's like, what are you talking about? You weren't gone in 60 seconds. You drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, didn't you do all your stunts in that movie? <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's so good. So, yeah. It's <laughs> just like all the callbacks was just so good. And then all the, like, the little coy jokes, like, like, those slippers look really good. Do you want yeah. to trade? Oh, I like these. They're very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to yeah, keep like... them? <laughs> it's like just the weird little, like, Pedro Pascal like fanboying over like meeting his idol was just amazing to see because and he nailed it like he came across like oh my like a Nick Cage worshiper it's yeah. just so perfect I love the scene where uh, they're talking about like their top three movies and Pedro Pascal is like and Paddington 2 and Nicolas Cage is like what the fuck <laughs> Paddington 2 and it's like it's funny because it's a play on real life if you go to Rotten Tomatoes and look at Paddington 1 and 2 they are in the top five highest rated of all time on really? Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I because didn't know are, that. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's based on real life because like everyone who watches it in real life is like, these are like, yeah, of course they're like one of the greatest movies of all time. And like, I've yet to go watch them, but like, yeah, I haven't seen either of them, but yeah, like, and then I love that. Cause he's like, all right, we're going to watch Paddington too. And then at the end, you just see like Nicolas Cage cry. And he's like that, that was one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's great. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, all the callbacks are just like so good. Like, yeah, it's fucking is such a good movie. I, I'm so glad they got that. To, I'm, just greenlighting that movie and actually getting Nicolas Cage. Like, I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> yeah, well, you couldn't do that with anyone else. No, like you there's no other actor about, that. Well, you couldn't yeah. even do it about any other actor. No, because no one's really had the career that he has. Just it's been a wild career, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the best ones I've watched this year. Like, it was 
It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites this year for sure. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, I guess I'll catch you on the next one. All right, later.